All right, Jabosai, good morning, good morning, let us begin. Begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning's shear. Sorry. Okay, to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Cheshvan, Yanki and Alisa Statman and Yitzi and Rebecca Statman for dedicating all the Shi'urim this month, the creation of the first yard site of their sister, Menucha Shendel Yehudis, Zichron Levracha, Bas David Yosef. To thank Shmuel Rabin Karapkin for dedicating the Shi'urim this month, the creation of the 25th yard site of Rabin's mother, Pesa Mira Bas Chaim, Zichron Levracha, we hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the family's Enochama. I will say with that, let us, let us begin. So I will say yesterday, Mamish was, yesterday was like Daf Yomi Kriyas Yamsov for us over here. I will say we actually are picking up today on Daf Chav Zayin Amud Aleph at the Mishnah. At the Mishnah, yes, that is correct. At the Mishnah. Baruch Hashem. Admittedly, we did go a little bit quickly. Right? But again, I will say we have to mention start, starting a really, a really fascinating sugya today. So it says in the mission as follows. Nidre Onsen. So if you remember again, in the beginning of this chapter, right? The beginning of the, of the third parak of Nidarim. So the Mishnah stated, so, we'll say, so ultimately, again, there are four types of nedarim which do not even require a, which do not require hatara, because effectively they're void from the beginning. In other words, they're not nedarim. They're not nedarim. So we've spent a significant amount of time speaking about nidre zerizin, right? And now we're going to go ahead and speak about nidre onsin. Although Rabbi say we're going to see that halacha lamaisa. There is some degree of overlap in between some of these categories, as we'll see. So here we go. Mishnah. Really fascinating. Nidre Onsen. So we'll say, what's the example of Nidre Onsen? Now we know what's an Ones. Ones is an extenuating circumstance. So what's Nidre Onsen? So it says the Mishnah. So we'll say, it's interesting. This is always like the go-to case. So what happens? I go over to Ruben and say, Ruben, I really want you to come over to my house for lunch. And if you don't come over to my house for lunch, konam my property on you, right? So all of my property will become, will become us like a carbon to you. Okay, now what happens? So I will say, fine. And Ruben says, okay, that's the nether. The chalohu, osha chalobano. So I will say, so what happens? Now Ruben becomes ill or his son becomes ill. Osha akvo nahar, or the, the river became swollen and he was unable to pass it. What's talacha? Hare elu nidre onsen. So we'll say these are all examples of Nidre Onsen. So we'll say all of this ultimately again are examples, Halacha Lamaisa again, of an extenuating circumstance. And therefore, I will say again, remember, what's the net effect? Ruven doesn't come to my house. But even though Ruven didn't come to my house, and even according to the Nedir, what happens if Ruven doesn't come to my house? What happens? My property becomes Asrutim like a carbon because he didn't, excuse me, because he didn't come because of an Ones. Because of an extenuating circumstance, therefore halachah So again, essentially, essentially the neder does not kick into effect. Now, I will say, take a look at the ran for just a moment. The ran's on the left-hand side. It's actually the last of the intermediate wide lines. The ran writes neder nidre onsin hediru chaveru shiochal imo oshechala kilomar daafagav delav ones gamerhu. Now I will say the ran is making an amazing observation here. If you look at the example, right, I, I, I made Ruvain take the nether, right, or I imposed the nether upon Ruvain, or I made the nether, which has an effect on Ruvain. Now, Ruvain doesn't come because his son is sick. Then I will say, does his son's sickness prevent him absolutely from coming to my home? 
No, he could find someone else to stay to with his son. But I will say, but again, it's the type of circumstance where it makes sense for Ruben to be with his kids. So Ryan is pointing out over here, in the world of own sin, there are different types of extenuating circumstances. There's an extenuating circumstance which makes something impossible, and there's an extenuating circumstance which makes something very difficult. The case of own sin in our Mishnah doesn't have to be a circumstance which makes compliance with the nether impossible. It just has to be a circumstance which makes compliance with the nether difficult. So there's, a, interestingly enough, there's a lower threshold for ones over here. Incredible. So the Ran goes on. Hare elu nidre onsin. The Ran says, Lefishelo ala al daito lesser nechasav achavero em lo yochal imo ele kishe yuchal lova below ones klau velo yovo. In other words, we'll say, when I made the nether, what was the intention of my nether? That if Reuben doesn't come to eat at my house, ultimately my property is going to be asra upon him. But what's my intention? My intention was never regarding an owner. So in other words, the whole chap over here is, that was never the intention of my nether. Of course, if Reuben's kid is sick and he's got to stay home, or the river is swollen and he can't make it across, I never had in mind to begin with that my nether should be chal in such a situation. Aval kol so again, that's why here the Ran says it explicitly again. All you need is a kitsas onis, right? Uh, an onisala, right? Like a like a like a shtickle onis, right? Right. All, all, all you need is a, is a little onis, right? And that's enough ultimately to prevent the neder from going ahead and taking effect. So I'll say, really fascinating. Now, what, what's interesting about this, I will say, is we're, here's what I just think was, what's interesting, is in general, when it comes to Nidarim, right, same thing by Shavuos, we normally say, Dvarim Shebalev Inam Dvarim. What you're thinking doesn't matter. It's what you say, ultimately, that matters, which is a good cloud in life in general. But I will say, but here's what's interesting about this case is, here, but why don't you say again what you said? You didn't, you didn't make any qualifications. What the, what the Mishnah is saying is, it's understood that this is daito shel bnei adam. This is how people think. In other words, my whole point is I want Ruben to come over to my house for a meal. But of course I recognize that there are things that come up in life that prevent people from coming over for lunch. And I never have in mind for the nether to go into effect in a situation like that. So I will say this is the case of Nidre Onsin. So again, one more time, Ruben, come over to my house for lunch. And if you don't, all of my property is ushered to you. Ruvain's son gets sick, the river gets swollen, he can't make it over, the nether does not go into effect. Nidre onsin, that's an onis. Doesn't have to be a major onis, doesn't have the onis godol, even onis ktsas has the ability to prevent the nether from taking effect. Incredible. Let's go weiter. A lot more to say on this, but let's go weiter. Says the Gemara. Ho Gavra. Well, the Gemara tells the story. Ho Gavra. The itfis zuchusa bebeidina. So this is really a fascinating case. There was a guy. There was a guy. Zuchusa means, if you could just imagine for this just a moment, I'm having a legal dispute with Ruvain about a parcel of land, okay? I have some, I have some documentation which supports my claim to the land, but it's not enough to win the case. It's not enough to win the case. So what do I do? I give over my documentation to the Beisdin, right? And what happens? And I say to the Beisdin, Asina Atlasin Yomin Libatlun Hani Zuchusai. I hereby, right, if I don't come back within 30 days, I hear all of my claims should be bottled. So essentially, if I don't come back in 30 days, ultimately, again, any claims I have to this real estate 
should be absolutely bought. Now, let's, let's take a look at this case. We're looking to run again. Now we're in the second, the end of the second wide line of the run. Really interesting. The run gives us the context. I'm in Basin with Ruben. We're having a dispute about a piece of real estate. I say, you know what? I need some time to assemble my paperwork. I need some time to assemble my paperwork to, to support my claim. Now the Ran says, Now again, that is a legitimate request, right? A, a request for a, for a delay, not a delay, uh, postponement, thank you. Postponement, right? Because I need to gather my paperwork. Fine, look at the Ran. So listen to this, but what is Bezin concerned about? Bezin is concerned that it's just a delay tactic. Just a delay, and I, I have some other plan going on over here. So what happens? So, so, so I need the time. Bezin is concerned to give me the time. So I come up with this deal. So what does Bezin say? Bezin says, okay, hand over your paperwork. Hand over your paperwork and make it tonight that if you don't come back within 30 days, Essentially, you give up your claims to this particular parcel of land. That's the case. That's the case. Okay, back to the Gemara. I both say, sure enough, what happens? Isnis follow asa. Okay, you know how the story was going to end. What happened? Some type of extenuating circumstance occurred, and I don't make it back to Bayesden within 30 days. So now, what's the Shaila? What's the Shaila? So now, I both say, now remember again, I didn't make it back, it's true, but why didn't I make it back? Why not? Ones. It was an extenuating circumstance. So let's analyze. Says the Gemara. So what's that machlok? Some Rafuna bottles the chusein. Rafuna says no. Tonight is a tonight. He made it tonight. He made a condition. He said if you don't come back within thirty days, you relinquish your rights. You relinquish your rights. And I was remember again. I gave over. I gave over any supporting documentation I had to this land. So you you, you relinquished your rights. I didn't make it back within thirty days. That's it. Amalei Rava. Rabbi says, no, no, no. Anosu anos rachmana patre. Rabbi says, what are you talking about? This is an onis. This is an extenuating circumstance. And Rabbi says, what's the halacha by onis? The Torah exempts you in a case of onis. And I will say, by the way, we, all of us know that principle of onis rachmana patre. That the Torah goes ahead and exempts me in a case of extenuating circumstances. Interestingly enough, what's the makar for that? Dechsev v'la na'ara lo sa'asadavar. I will say this is incredible. This is a man who violates a girl who is betrothed, the Nara Mu'rasa. So the Torah says he is put to death for the sin of adultery, and to her, you do nothing. There's no liability on her part. I will say, why is there no liability on her part? Obviously, again, because again, this is being done against her will. In other words, she's an ones. This is an extenuating circumstance. I will say, by the way, I'll just point out. The Hebrew word for violation, right, for rape is ones, is ones. So this becomes the paradigmatic example, right? Na'araha me'urasa becomes the paradigmatic example of ones rachmana patre. So Rabbi says, listen, it's true, I made the time, I made the condition. If I don't come back within 30 days, I hereby relinquish my claim. But I didn't come back, not because I didn't want to, but because at the end of the day I was prevented from doing so. So the Gemara says, so this is the machlokes, this is machlokes. So it says the Gemara, one second, Rava. You're bringing the principle of Ones Rachmana Patre from a capital case, right? In other words, I would say that's a, that's a capital case. In other words, a man violates a, a woman who's had Kiddushin. 
ultimately, again, that's, that's, that's adultery. So you're telling me, again, the man is subject to execution. The girl, you don't do anything to her because it's an ones. So, but maybe ones, Rechmona Patri, only applies to capital cases. Doesn't apply to other cases. Take a quick look at the Ran again. The Ran is now five lines down in the wide lines. This is so fascinating because it's such a Yisodistic Gemara. Maybe the concept of Onis Rachmona Patre only applies in capital cases. And by the way, there's a very strong argument to make that. What's the very strong argument? What's a very strong argument? That's the mucker, right? That's the source for Onis Rachmona Patre is in a capital case. So maybe it only applies, maybe, maybe the ability to say it was an extenuating circumstance and therefore, again, I'm not liable, quote unquote, only applies in a capital case, doesn't apply in any other case. To which the Gemara says, no, 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 but tonight, here we go. Nidre Onsin, the boss say, what's the example? Now, the Gemara quotes our Mishnah. Our Mishnah, what did our Mishnah say? Vatanan, Nidre Onsin, we'll say, what's the case of Nidre Onsin? Hediru Chavero, Shiyochal, Etzlo. I go ahead and make a nether that Ruvain, that Ruvain, you have to come eat by me. And if you don't come eat by me, my property is Asr to you. Vechalahu, Oshechalabano. And then Ruvain became ill or some became ill. Or the river became swollen. Well, actually, I keep saying the river became swollen. We'll see actually what it means is he, he was prevented from crossing the river. What's that? These are Nidre Onsin. So what do you see from here? What do you see from here? The Mishnah is applying the concept of Ones as a legitimate excuse. Even what? Or even where? In non-capital cases. It's another case. It's another case. So you see that it appears that in Halakha, we accept this principle of Onis Rachmona Patre, that the Torah exempts you in cases of extenuating circumstances, in all cases, in all cases, to which the Gemara says, Ulu Rava, now according to Rava, Maishna Mehadisan, I will say, why is this any different than the Fagis? So, so just to understand what's happening over here, we're focusing, right, we went from the Mishnah Nidre Onsen, so now what the Mishnah introduced us to is that if, if the subject of the nether does not comply with the nether because of an extenuating circumstance, that extenuating circumstance essentially prevents the nether from kicking in. Okay, the Gemara then segues into a different kind of case. I have a claim. I'm in, I'm in based in with Ruvain about a parcel of land. I say the land is mine. Ruvain says the land is his. I have some documentation to support my claim, but not enough. I need some time to get it. I tell Bezdin, if I don't come back in 30 days, ultimately, again, I relinquish my rights. I don't make it back in 30 days. Why not? Why not? An one situation. Same circumstance. Ravuna says, sorry, you didn't make it up. Case closed, relinquish your ownership. Rava, one srech monopatre. So I'll say, so now we're trying to figure out our, we're trying to get our legs in this machlokis. So here we go. So Rava, according to Rava, Maishna, I remember again, Rava's one who holds one srech monopatre. Even in a case, even in this, in this real estate case, according to Rava, why is this different than the following case? We've seen this case so many times throughout Shas. Great case. So watch this. Ruvain gives to his wife, Rachel, a get. Ruvain is traveling overseas. He gives her a get. And he says to her, if I don't come back within 12 months, the get ultimately again is is valid. So that's the case. Now again, this is actually an interesting case because the truth is, when is the get chal? Is it a retroactivity clause? Okay, not, not really important. Not really important for us right now. The point over here is, Reuven's giving his wife a get. He's going overseas. If I don't come back in twelve months, you're divorced. 
Umeis Pesachid Beis Chodesh. And we'll say, what happens? What happens? He dies within the 12 months. So therefore, chances are that what? He's not coming back. He's not coming back, right? <laughs> it's not in this religion, right? So I'll say, so, so again, so, so therefore, Lemaisa again, Lemaisa, he dies, and therefore he's not coming back. Obviously, the 12 months end, he's not coming back. What's the halacha? Harei get. It's a get. Now we'll say, now the pastor, why is it a get? Why is it a get? Because he made a condition. If I don't come back within 12 months, right, then the get is valid. So the Gemara says, it's a get. But ask the Gemara about Ba'amai, Vahamenos Isnis, Rabosai, Ein Ones Kidolo Mizo, right? The greatest Ones in life is death. Death. So why don't we say he died, right? He died. Obviously, he would have come back. He would have come back, if not for a mild detail that he died, right? So, Lamaisa, why don't we say Ones Rachmanapache would have come back if he could have, and therefore, again, the get is not Chal. So the Gemara says, Vahamenos Isnis. So the Gemara says, Amri, I'm sorry, Amai, so why should the get be good? At the end of the day, Vahamenas Isnis. After all, again, there was an extenuating circumstance in Halacha Lamaisa that prevented him from coming back, to which the Gemara says, Dilma Shiny Hasam, perhaps this case is different. Why, Amud Beis? Di'i Havayada Demis, Min La'alter Havigamar Viyayav Gita. He will say, this is actually different, because in this case, had he realized he was going to die, he would have probably what? Given the get immediately. He will say, why is it that a man gives his wife a get in such a scenario like this? Right? Now, the truth is, there could be a couple of reasons, right? One of it could be like an Aguna situation, but the other classical one is Yibum. Is Yibum. Now, I will say, Yibum is triggered when the husband dies. So, what the Gemara is suggesting is his death is not a reason not to trigger the Tanai. If anything, again, had he realized that he was going to die, he would have for sure given her a get beforehand in order to allow her to avoid Yibam. I will say, if you go back to Amad Allah for just a moment, because the Ran, it's a little bit, the pagination is a little bit off over here. If the Ran is back on Amad Aleph. If you take a look, the Ran over here is eight lines up from the bottom. Dilma Shani Yacha, Tiyavi Yadda, Demais, Men La'al, Tergan, Viyav Gita, Shari Lo'nasan La'get, Elamishum Dlo'nechale, Detipo, Kamayavam. The whole point over here is, he doesn't want his wife to go ahead and have to fall to Yibam. For Kol Shekim, Di'iyada Demais, so he say, this is different. In this case over here, we don't want to use Onus Rahman Apatre. Why? Because the husband wants the get to be valid because the whole point over here was to go ahead and avoid any potential Yibum situation. Incredible. I will say, back to Ahmed Beis. I says the Gimara. If that's the case, if that's the case, what about the following case? Another interesting case. Man says to his wife, so husband says to his wife, if I don't come back within 30 days, the get should be valid. Well, it's the same type of case. He's going away, whatever it is, right? He's going away. And I says to his wife, if I don't come back within 30 days, the get should be valid. Now what happens? He goes away. He's coming back. So we'll say, what happens? So he comes back and, so we'll say, it's interesting. could be translated in one of two ways. He would translate it as, the bridge collapsed, right? The Ma'avar is a bridge, right? Or Paske Mavra, there's no boat to take him across. Either way, it's the same idea, which is, what's happening? He's at the bank of the river, right? The other side of the bank of the river is town. And what is he saying? Amrlu, Chazudasai, Chazudasai. He's jumping up and down. He's jumping up and down. I'm back, I'm back. You can imagine this scene. 
His wife was like, what? I'm sorry? You can't, can't hear bad, bad connection. Bad connection, right? She wants to say, so, so ultimately, again, he's claiming, he's claiming, I'm back. I'm here. Now, meanwhile, again, he's on the other side of the river. He wants to be in complete compliance. The reason he can't get back home is because either the bridge is down, there's no boat to take him across. And I will say, what's that, huh? What's that, huh? Right? I'll just ask you, I'm going to lo shmei masyom. Shmuel says, no, no, you did not arrive. You're, you're not in compliance with the tonight, And therefore, the get is good. Now, both say, once again, why don't we ask over here, am I? I don't understand. Vaha menis onis. Rava, if you are correct, and there is such a concept of onis rachmanapatre, that the Torah ultimately, again, exempts you from liability in cases of extenuating circumstances, so then why should the get be valid in this case? This guy did everything he could. He's stuck on the other side of the river. What else do you want from him? So it's actually quite interesting. The Gemara says as follows. The Gemara says, I will come back to that. The Gemara says, Dilma onsa de migla shiny. Umavra migle onse. This is actually quite interesting. So the Gemara suggests maybe this is a different kind of case. What's different kind of case? We'll say, the Ran already said this before. There's different kinds of ones. Now in the Ran's, in the Ran's view, there's what we call Onis Gadol and Onis Ktsas, right? There's like major Onis and minor Onis. Major Onis is where you cannot take action, right? Something Mamish actually prevents you. Minor Onis is where technically you could take action, but it's not the prudent thing to do, right? Ruven's son is sick. He could leave his son to come and have lunch with me, but that's not the, that's not the prudent thing to do. Nebo Sedigmar suggests something else. There is a foreseeable Onis, and an unforeseeable ones, right? A force, what's the example of a foreseeable ones? Getting back to the side of the river and the bridge being down. Or there not being an available boat to shuttle you to the other side, right? That's foreseeable. I will say now, obviously, it's foreseeable because stuff like that happened all of the time. So this is incredible. So I want to suggest that maybe when we say ones rachmonapatre, when we actually go ahead and adopt that principle, which, which we do, which we'll see in halacha, we adopt that principle, we only adopt that principle for unforeseeable onsen. But if something is absolutely foreseeable, then what? Then what? You can't claim ones. You can't claim, which makes sense. You can't claim extenuating circumstances. The whole cha of an extenuating circumstance is what? Is what? You could not have planned for it. But if something is, it, it is extenuating, but I absolutely could have planned for it, then that is not an excuse. So therefore, the Gemara suggests over here, Ruven goes away, he says, if I don't come back in 30 days, the get is a get. He gets back, he's on the other side of the river, the footbridge is down, or there's no boat to take him across, that's foreseeable. You should have built that in into your tenai. And the fact that you didn't, that's on you. But you cannot claim Ones Rachmanapatri. Your Shabbos say is such also like a, a, a profound life you sowed, if you think about it, right? We start on things, we start on life initiative, we start accomplishing things, and then things come up which derail our dynamic achievement. And we say, okay, I tried Ones Rachmanapatri, extending many circumstances. We'll say, so many times in life when we get derailed by circumstances, it's because we didn't plan well enough and we didn't execute well enough, and we didn't think far enough ahead. Sometimes real onsen come about. It's true. And when there is a real onis, HaKadosh Baruch who says, okay, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but if it's a foreseeable situation, and I just didn't plan enough, I didn't think ahead enough, and therefore again, my, 
my dynamic activity is derailed, you can't claim on Yitzchak In that case, that's on you. That's on you. An incredible, incredible Yisod for life. So the Gemara, so I finish up the sugya. So now what we have over here is like this. Now, by the way, we haven't, uh, we haven't yet come to a conclusion in our real estate case, how we started this Gemara. So now what we're just doing is kind of branching off into a whole bunch of Ones Yitzchak So what we see over here is that even according to Rava, who holds only Yitzchak that ultimately, again, that in a case of extenuating circumstances, you are legally exempt, that is only with an unforeseeable onus. But with a foreseeable onus, it's on you. Let's go back to Ulurafuna. Remember again, what did Rafuna say? In the real estate case, which we started the Gimar, Rafuna said, if I don't get back in 30 days, right? If I don't get back in 30 days, what's Dalacha? In other words, even though it's an onus, Rafuna said, I've lost my rights to the land. So Rabbi Say seems to that Rahuna does not subscribe to the concept of Ones Rahmana Patre. So says the Gemara, but there's another problem. Ul Rafuna, Nikhti Asmachtihi, the Lokanya. Oh, this is so exciting. Rabbi Say, listen to this. Here's the problem. It's an Asmachta. Now, what's an Asmachta? Asmachta is one of those words that doesn't, I don't think it has a good English, tra- like, there's not like a one-word translation. There's a phrase, take a look, I want to say, you see the rush, you see the rush, the rush in the, in the, in the left-hand margin? Actually, you know, before we get to the rush, I'm sorry. First, take a look at the ran. Go back, I'm a lot of jump here. The ran is on, on the back of Amadalif, of Zayin Amadalif, right? So the ran is there, four li- five lines up from the bottom. Ulurav, Ulurav Huna, Michti Asmachta, he Vasmach Lokanya, look at the Iran writes, the high Gavra, Lo Akvase Zichuse Elamishum, the Samach Adaite, the Lesse. The Cholki, I Gavna, feel below on his account. I will say, an Asmachta is where a person essentially makes an exaggerated promise that he never really means to keep, but rather he's just making it because he's so confident in his ability to deliver. So we'll say the moment is just like this. Let's play this out, right? I am having a real estate dispute with, with, with Ruben, right? I say, I own the piece of land. Ruben says he owns the piece of land. I have some documentation, not enough documentation. So what happens? I need to go get more documentation. So say to Basin, if I'm not back in 30 days, I'm going to go, I give up my rights to the land. Do I really mean that? Do I really mean that? Right? What, what am I saying? I'm so confident, first of all, in my ability to go ahead and deliver additional documentation. 30 days, 30 days. I was like, what, what, what you could accomplish in 30 days? 30 days is a lifetime. So of course I'll be back in 30 days. I never have in mind that I'm actually going to yield my rights to the land because that would be crazy. And again, I'm just kind of using a little bit of a hyperbolic statement, an exaggerated statement in order to make a point. That's an asmachta. That's an asmachta. It literally means a reliance, right? To be somech on something. So I'm being somech on my ability to deliver, and therefore I feel confident making a little bit of an exaggerated statement. So look at the run again. He says, So that's the run. I'm so confident that I'm going to be able to come back. In general, we say because an asmachta is an exaggerated statement, and I understand the person never had in mind to go ahead and really stick to that statement. Therefore, it doesn't really affect any level of legal reality. We'll say, now go to Amin Beis. Now look at the rush for just a moment. I'm sorry, one more piece. The rush in the left-hand column. You see it? 
left hand bottom margin. The rush, it's about uh, two, so small, getting older. Two, four, six, eight, ten, about eleven lines down. So, Michtia Smachtu, so we'll say, here we go. The rush gives a good definition. He says, Milsa so a person saying something extra. In other words, I will say, remember, in this case of the real estate, for example, do I have to say to Bezdin, in order to get more time to gather my paperwork, do I have to say, if I don't come back within 30 days, I give up my rights? Do I have to say that? I don't have to say that. I have a right to some time to gather, bless you, to gather documentation. So I will say, ultimately, again, I don't have to make this statement. So I make an additional statement in order to bolster, in order to bolster my position. He goes on, I never had in mind to actually yield my rights. I never had in mind to yield my rights. And I will say, so now the Gemara says like this. Forget about owning Shachmonapachi. Let's take a step back, right? So I'm in Beisdin. I say the land is mine. Ruben says the land is his. I have some paperwork, but not enough to support my claim. I say to Beisdin, I'll be back in 30 days. And if I'm not back in 30 days, I yield my rights. So now what happens? I can't get back. Ones, bridges down or whatever, something, snowstorm. I can't get back. So Ravuna says, sorry, you didn't make it back. Because I will say now, we assume that Ravuna holds. Why, why sorry? Why do I lose my rights to the field? Because I'm sorry, because he does not subscribe to Ones Rachmanapatri. He doesn't subscribe to that concept. But Ravuna, there's another problem. Asmachtalokanya. I will say, I'll just give you like another example. This is how he paskin. I will say, gambling, gambling, is halachically wrong. It's halachically illegal. Right? It's usr. Now, why is why is gambling illegal? So first, the Gemara calls it mesachik bekuvya. Right? Plays with dice. First of all, the Gemara says number one because eno or eno mitzdarif yeshua shal olam. Person who gambles is doing absolutely nothing productive for the benefit of humanity. So therefore, again, when you're doing nothing productive for the benefit of humanity, that's usr. There's a bigger problem. I will say, gambling, the Gemara says, is a problem of theft. Theft, right? We're all putting our money on the table. I don't, I will say, the Gemara says, because you know what happens when people gamble? When they put their money in the middle, or wherever you're putting your money, right? So, so Lamais, again, right? No one has intention to lose. So even though I'm putting my money there, I have every intention to win. And when I lose, when I lose, I'm not really willingly giving up that money. So I will say, that's an asmachta. You see, I put my money in the middle. I put my money in the middle, and it looks like I'm sure. Of course, I, I recognize I win, I lose. No, I'm not. I'm only doing this to win. I'm only doing this to win. So therefore, I will say, even though again I'm making a statement that I'm ready to lose the money, I'm not ready to lose the money. Therefore, when the other party wins and takes the money, he's taking that money against my will. That is a form of theft. That is a form of theft. So I will say. So that's an example, ultimately, again, of asmachta. I'm making a statement, it's a bit exaggerated, it's a bit hyperbolic in order to make a point, but I don't really have any intention of honoring it. That, that's not my point. So the Mars Kuntra of Una, why isn't this an Asmachtab? Asmachtalokanya. So this is incredible. Shiny Yach, no, no, this case is different. Why? The Mitzvah Sun Zuchusan. I will say, this case is a little bit different. Why? Because you know, I will say, before I left, what did I do? What did I do? I handed over my paperwork. So I will say, Handing over documentation already, this is not a smachta. So I will say, a smachta is just about what could be construed as a hyperbolic promise. 
This is much more. There's an action here, right? I've handed over my documentation. When you hand over your documentation, that is no longer simply an asmachta. I both say, I'm sorry, once more, if you just go back to the last time, I'm going to make you turn the page. Actually, it's not true. I will say, so second, second to last time, I'm make you turn the page. I will say, go back to the round just one moment. Three lines are from the bottom. Shani Yacha, Demitra, Sanzuchusa. Shekeven, Shiyatsu, Mirashuso. Vetfisa, Miyad, Bezdin, Leka, Smachta. See, I both say, the moment I hand over documentation, this is a real legal proceedings, right? And this is already said. A smachta is where the promise is just words, not accompanied by any dynamic action. Here I've done something of significant legal consequence by handing over my documentation, right? And again, Rashi also points out where it says, Fine. So he says, Is that true? So whenever you hand over documentation, we've left the realm of asmachta. Vatnan, we learned, was is very interesting. Misha paramixas chovo, vehishlis eshtaro, vaamar im eni no sin lo mikhanad lamidyom, tein lo shtaro. So we'll say, listen to this fascinating case. I, I, I borrowed $1,000. I, I borrowed $10,000 from Ruvain. Let's make it a big case. I borrowed $10,000 from Ruvain. So we'll say, so now what happened? I paid back 5000 I paid back 5000 Now we'll say, Here's the problem. In, in a loan case, who normally holds the loan document? Who holds the loan document? The lender, right? Which makes sense, right? The document is the vehicle through which the lender collects. Here's the problem. I paid back half of the debt. So we'll say, what are we concerned about? If Ruvain, let's say I it from Ruvain. If Ruvain holds the document, we'll say, what's the problem? What's the problem? He could potentially collect still another full 10,000, but I only own 5,000. So of course, What's the simple answer? Simple answer? Shover. Write a receipt. Write a receipt. Very back from our Ksuvis days. We don't like writing receipts. Why don't we like writing receipts? Because then, now, the oblig- who has the obligation to hold on to the receipt? Right? It's me, the borrower. I don't want to, I have enough stuff to hold on to, right? So, so let me say again, I don't want to, so I'll say, so we have an interesting case over here. So what, what, what happens? One of the things you could do is give the note to a third party. Right, so now, I'm not going to let Ruben hold on to a $10,000 note because I already paid back $5,000. I don't really want to hold on to a receipt. And writing up a receipt is a to-do. So instead, Ruben and I agree, let's give the document to Shimon. Shimon knows that I paid $5,000 already. Shimon will hold the note until, again, I'm obligated to pay the other $5,000. Fine. Now we'll say, listen to this, listen to this thing. So I say, I say as follows. I say, So I say, I say to Shimon, who's now holding the document, Shimon! If I don't pay Ruben the remaining $5,000, give Ruben, in, in 30 days, give Ruben back the document. Which essentially is saying what? If I don't pay the remainder in 30 days, then what? Give, give, give him the document, and he'll ha- now have the power to collect the full 10000 The full 10000 I have to leave aside ribis issues with this right now, leave aside interest issues, but that's the case. So I, I, I make this statement. So I'll say, what's that? Oh, he gives man 30 days pass, and I didn't pay back the debt. So what's that? Oh, Rabbi Yossi Omer Yitin. Rabbi Yossi says, look, then Shimon, the third party, should give the document back to Ruvain. I'm in non-compliance with the Tznai. As a result, Ruvain's going to get the Shtar back. And now, of course, Ruvain's going to be able to collect another $10,000. So I'll say, Rabbi Yehuda Omer Lo Yitin. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, absolutely not. Do not go ahead and give it back. Don't give it back. And I will say, what's, what's going on over here? So the assumption over here is, what's the machlokas? 
The Machlokas is Asmachta Kanya or Lo Kanya. Rabbi Yossi says, Asmachta Kanya. I made an Asmachta. I was about to say, obviously, let's play this out. Right? When, when, when Shimon, the third party, has the document, and I say, Shimon, if I don't pay back the remaining $5,000 in 30 days, give the document back to Ruben. They both say, do I mean that? Do I? In other words, do, do, do I, in other words, when a person makes a statement like that, let me say it differently. When is the only time I'm going to make a statement like that? When? When I'm absolutely, positively sure that I'm going to pay back the remaining $5,000 in 30 days. Otherwise, why in the million years would I ever say something like that? I will say, that's an asmachta. I'm making a hyperbolic statement because I'm so confident that I'm never going to have to rely on it. So again, so now, unfortunately, 30 days go by, and now what happens? I haven't paid back. Rabbi Yossi says, asmachta kanyo. Asmachta kanyo. Listen, I understand you made an exaggerated statement, but you made it. You made it. I made it. Now I have to live with it. Give the document back to Ruvain. And it turns out that now Ruvain's going to be able to collect another $10,000. Yudah says, no, no, no. Don't give it back. Don't give it back. Because Asmachta Lokanya. Clearly, again, it was an Asmachta statement. Asmachta is not legally binding. Don't give it back. Vamrav Nachman. Vamrav Nachman. does not follow Rabbi Yossi. He holds Asmachta Kanya. And everyone says, so what do you see from here? Here is a case of where a document, a document has been given over, and yet we still say what? Asmachta lo kanya. Let's look this back to our real estate case. Remember again, Rafuna. Rafuna says that when I don't come back in 30 days, I've given up my rights to the real estate. I, the Gemara says, Rafuna, what about the fact that the statement is an asmachta? An asmachta lo kanya? Rafuna says, no, 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 the real estate case was different. Why? Why? Because I handed over documentation. They both say, what do you see from this last case over here? Even when you hold, hand over documentation, we still hold asmachta lo kanya. So what's going on? To which the Gemara says, shiny hacha da'amar lebatlan zechusei. They both say, it's different over here. Why? Because Lamaise, again, a person is saying that ultimately, again, libatle zechusei. Ultimately, again, my rights, my rights should be negated. I will say, what does that mean? I'm sorry, last time. Go back to Chavzayin Amadalaf. Amadalaf, just last, last line of the run. Last line, Kilomar, Shumochel, Kal Koach Uschus, Shiyeshlo Baosen Shtaros, Dechevan Demechilehi, Les Baasmachta. Demiyad Zochab Baschara. So, we'll say, listen to this. The run says, the real estate case is very different from Osai. Because essentially, what I'm doing is, I'm being Mochel my rights. So say, there's a difference, there's a difference between give, yielding, yielding versus being on the hook for something. So in the case when I'm yielding a right, that ultimately, again, Rav Huna says, asmachta kanya, right? In other words, when you're yielding a right, and when I'm literally giving up my rights, that's not an asmachta. So say, here's what's interesting. What Rav Huna says is like this. The definition of asmachta is, is, is an exaggerated statement that is going to make you obligated in something, right? And again, I, I never really have in mind that I'm going to come to that because I believe I'm going to deliver much earlier. This real estate case is not a case of asmachta because what am I saying? If I don't come back within 30 days, then what? What's the halacha? What's the halacha? I yield my rights. Rav says that's a different kind of case. Yielding of rights is not an asmachta case. Asmachta is an exaggerated statement to make me liable to something. This case is a case of yielding rights, therefore he removes it from the parsha of Asmachta. Shabbat Here we go. 
Here you go, it's incredible. What's that? Lacha, asmach the kanya. Number one, I will say, Paskin, asmach the kanya. Which is very important, I will say, that, that, that again, an exaggerated statement that a person clearly makes because he never really thinks he's going to have to honor it. I will say, right, that's the case of asmachta. Right? I, right, I, borrow, I paid back. If, if, I don't, if, if, if I don't pay back the remaining $5,000 in 30 days, give the document back to Rude. Who in their right mind? wants to do that. Obviously, I'm making that statement because I believe I'm going to pay back the debt within 30 days. So the Gemara says, well, you better be careful with what you say because even if you make an exaggerated statement because you're so confident you're never going to have to rely on it, it's still a binding statement. However, with qualifications, they're both saying the qualification number one is that as long as the reason you are not prevented from honoring it was because of an onus. If there was an extenuating circumstance, then the asmachta will not kick in. So that's qualification number one. And qualification number two, and I will say furthermore, the asmachta is only binding when? When it's being done within a reputable basin. So in other words, I will say, so an asmachta that just two people kind of casually exchange, that's not going to work. But if the asmachta ultimately, again, if the tnai, is made in Beisdin, is made in Beisdin, and the reason I don't fulfill it is not because of an ones, then ultimately, again, the asmachta will be binding. And I will say, this is how the Ramam Haskins, Halach the Ramam writes, this is in Hilchos Mechira, Perak Yud Aleph, Perak Yud Aleph, uh, no, sorry, yeah, Perak Yud Aleph, Halach Yud Gimel. Asmachta, here it is, Asmachta. So I will say, so I make an exaggerated statement, Shakano Miyado, and I will say, the way it was is, there was a Kabbalah's Kenyan, there was a Kabbalah's Kenyan, right? But based in Chashuv, in the important basin, Hare Ze Kana. So I'll say, so for example, this, let, let's just use the case we used before. Halacha if I go ahead and I borrow $10,000 from Ruvain, I borrow $10,000 from Ruvain, and again, I paid back $5,000. We're in Beisdin. We're in Beisdin. We both agreed to deposit the document with Shimon. With Shimon. And now I say, Ruvain, if I don't pay you back the remaining $5,000, then Shimon, give Reuven back the document, which essentially allows Reuven to collect. And again, we do this in Beisdin, we do a Kenyan to solidify it, it works. It works. It works. And now I don't come back within 30 days, what's the halacha? Shimon gives the document back to Reuven. However, however, if the reason I don't come back is why? Is why? Because of an ones, then ultimately again, the asmachta will not be binding. Incredible. So ultimately again, by the way, the same would apply, the same would apply in the real estate case as well. Let's go full circle. Now in the real estate case, now I understand it. What happens in the real estate case? I have, I have a dintoro with Ruvain. I say I own the land. Ruvain says he owns the land. Right? And now what happens, we're in Beisden adjudicating the case. I have some documentation, not enough to support my claim. I say, Beisden, give me 30 days to get my documentation. And if not, I forgive, the, I forgive my rights. You keep the paperwork, I forgive my rights. And I say, I go, I don't come back within 30 days. What's Talacho? What's Talacho? What's Talacho? It depends. What does it depend on? Why didn't I come back within 30 days? If I just didn't come back, then that's it, I've yielded my rights. If however I didn't come back ultimately because of an ones, then ultimately again, ones rachmana patre, and ones will prevent the asmachta from kicking in. I will say, just to end off, I'll share with you something absolutely beautiful on the idea of ones rachmana patre. See, I will say, the great Sadiq of Itzala Varki says, 
why is the Lushan Ones Rachmana Patre? Why don't you just say Ones Potter? I mean, Ones Rachmana Patre. Ones, extreme circumstances, Hashem exempt. Why do you need this? So, what's he listen to this beautiful idea? He says, Akasha, Lama Rachmana, Hayayacha Lama Ones Potter. Just say, an Ones is Potter. That's it. Listen to this. I want to see how beautiful this is. Da'akhadish Parachu, who bochen levavas. Kadish Parachu looks into the heart of man. If a sees that a person truly desires to perform a mitzvah, but there is an onis in extenuating circumstance which is preventing me from fulfilling it. The boss is listening to how the tzaddik reads the word. Rachmana patre means now let's say, Ones, Rachman Apachim is like this. Ones, if I really can't accomplish something in life because of an extenuating circumstance, HaKadosh Baruch who sees how much I want to do it, but I can't, Rachman Apachim, Hashem Himself will pater me, will exempt me. It's Kivyachal, as if Hashem becomes my Shaliach to accomplish the things I cannot accomplish on my own. Rachmana, the Ribbono Shalom Himself becomes my Shaliach, Patrick to exempt me from my obligation. The power of only Sakhmana Patrick. But I both say, but of course, it only works if it's a legitimate onus. If I don't accomplish the things in life I want to accomplish because of poor planning, because of a lack of drive, or not enough foresight, that's on me. But if it becomes something extenuating, then ultimately, Akadish Parfu tells us, I got you back. Um, no, it's not a Pesach. That's the whole point, no? That he, you would not have, it's not the whole flow of the mission. You would not have made them in the first place. Your mentor didn't, it didn't encompass the case. But you don't have to be mentors, remember, again, these are cases, these four, right, these cases.